KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of the Wall Street Journal. Dissing the fate of the furious is like denouncing the tide. This eighth iteration of the Fast and the Furious series will earn zillions of dollars during the first nanoseconds of its global opening this weekend. So who am I to call it soulless, graceless, witless, incoherent, even for the franchise, and not incidentally brain-numbingly long at 136 minutes? Instead of recounting the plot, which needlessly conceals an essential point for most of the movie— Let me start with the villain of F8, or the villainess. She's a cyber genius named Cypher. Someone says she's like a digital act of God, whatever that means. And she's played by Charlize Theron. That should mean she's the best character in the show, but no, not even this lissom, powerful, and witty pillar of the performing arts. She was all of that in the recent Mad Max. Not even she can find much fun in the coarsely written role. Flying above an assortment of frays in her ultra-high-tech command plane, Cypher is bent on world domination, though she insists that it's only to keep the superpowers from stepping out of line. She talks menacingly of acquiring Russia's nuclear codes, that's where the fun doesn't come in, and forces Vin Diesel's Dom Toretto to do her bidding, thus turning the supposed hero of the series against his wife and his team, against everyone he loves. How Cypher does this is the point the plot withholds. The movie would have made much more sense if it blew its big secret early on. But sense or logic is not what turns out vast audiences for this series. It's the cars, of course. My favorite was a brown and cream Bentley that comes to a bad end in a good cause. And the men and women who drive them. F-8 is the first film of the series since 2006 to be shot without Paul Walker. He died in 2013 in a single-car accident while the previous episode was in production. In this one, a touching tribute to him surfaces toward the end. This time, logic seems to have been treated as a potential contaminant in a pounding succession of action sequences. The first, a race in Havana, gives a few tantalizing glimpses of Cuba, but then it's over. A cryptic mission to Berlin might just as well have been shot in Hoboken. A prison break is both brutal and boring, no small trick. A terrific comic notion involving autonomous cars is weakened by repetition. The closest thing to useful craziness comes in the climax, which is set in a whited-out Arctic waste where cars, a monster truck, and an old Russian nuclear submarine that Cypher has hacked converge in deafening deep-freeze combat. One could liken the sequence to the battle on the ice in Eisenstein's Alexander Nevsky, but I'm not the one. I am Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.